Welcome to No Instructions. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. Are those decals? Are they decals? Or are they stickers? water stickers? I bet. That's a so, water sticker. Um, the old school. Hang on, there's some here. <clears throat> the old school models came with water stickers or water decals. And it's like this sheet. Mm hmm. And they look very similar. So you cut them up and they are stuck you to the paper. Them? You cut them out of the sheet. The entire thing is one sticker. Mm. And you get them wet and they slide. And so you slide them off, then you put them on the model and slide them around where you want with water. And then when they dry out, they stay where you put them. Then does this film, like, these are letters. Do I have to cut out the inside of no, it? No, the clear oh, is, that will is turn clear, clear. clear. Oh, okay. Usually. Mm. Um, and you can actually see on this one how, like, around the shape, there's a little raised section of clear. And that's the part that goes with it when you... But so the cool ah, thing about this oh. model that I've been doing... Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We're just having a conversation over here. Um, uh, I'm doing the R5-D4 Bandai today. <clears throat> Excuse me. It comes with a regular sticker sheet and a water decal sheet. You just fancy Nancy. Mine doesn't. The reason I learned about water decals is because on the headstock of a Fender guitar, yep. that is a water decal. Oh. So that's how it's gold with black outline right. and all that stuff. I just burned my logo into mine. I didn't mess with a decal, I guess. So I'm starting a new model kit today, and it is a like a proper model, one that I I don't know the property, but look cool. It doesn't have a property, does it? Yeah, I I, it, it may be part of a thing. Oh, I thought it was just like a, I designed a robot. No, this is a Machinenkriegen, which has like a line. There's more of these mech suit kind of things. They're very rounded and bubbly looking, and they have these like pilots inside them with like skull caps and stuff. So it's like an... Old meets new. Old meets. Hmm. It's called the Prowler. Uh, I don't know. It looks cool. There's there's a picture of it for everybody who can see the YouTube video. But the uh, Lunar Rover, or not the Lunar Rover, the Lunar Lander model kit that I made, I didn't paint it. It had decals, but they didn't look like stickers, and I didn't know what to do with them, so it doesn't have any. And this has tons of little, like, warning things and caution things, because this is like a... a Mechanized, I'm guessing military style piece of equipment. So it's there's a prowler. Lots of, it's a super armored fighting suit, R space type prowler. That's good that you know so much about well, this. Thing, know, I'm really deep into Mac ZBV 3000. A one colon two zero scale <clears throat> construction kit. <laughs> so, I so this is just the thing you found online. Right? Yeah, I found it on Amazon. Awesome. Which all the things that we are making uh, are linked in the. Actually, I don't even know if it's linked in the description. I do so much of that stuff. It's on Kit. So we use a, a service called kit.com uh, slash I like to make stuff. And there is like um, groupings of, of materials and of tools and things that we use for all the different project videos. And there is a specific like no instructions kit. So all of the different Lego sets and model kits and everything that we've made uh, on the show are available there. And it's an affiliate link. So if you want to are interested in what it is that we're doing and you want to build one for yourself or you can't find it anywhere else, that's where you can go to find exactly what it is that we are building. Word. Yeah. Yes. Um, speaking of, I, like I said, I'm working on this model because that terrible Millennium Falcon model I did last time was really disappointing. <clears throat> so I know this one's good because I already made the R2-D2, so I decided to work on this one today. But I almost picked up my Land Cruiser model. I actually opened up the box the other day. Yeah, I thought that's what you were making. Yeah, that was kind of the plan, and then I just saw this laying here, and I'm like, oh, I should finish this one. So I'm looking forward to that, though. Um, <clears throat> it is the same Land Cruiser that I own. It's even the same color because it's unpainted and it's white. But what I want to do with it, I may have talked about this before, is make the model, but then also make scratch build the additions that I've made to my Land Cruiser on the model. That'd be cool. So I want to cut the wheels off. Excuse me. I want to make bigger tires, 3D print them probably. I want to add a lift to it that is of the right ratio. Should I make a video about that? I don't see why not. Huh. Huh. Well, anyway. <laughs> I want to... Breaking news! I want to lift the, the vehicle <laughs> the same amount, you know, for, to scale that the current one is. I want to make a tiny snorkel and put on it. I want to make a, a roof rack and put on it. Stuff like that. But that's one of these days. Also, I ordered another Lego set. What'd you get? Did you get, did you? I got the treehouse. 
Oh, that's yeah. a nice set. It's a big one. I wanted to get that one, but I thought <clears throat> it was too soon. But I guess <laughs> the sting of the spicy tree deck has passed. <laughs> People don't have any context for what that means. There's one person in the world who has context for what that means. Do you want to explain it? It's some random... Well, give some background on the whole thing. Well, I mean, the treehouse. If you know if I like to make stuff, we built a treehouse. It's... And there was a we bunch call of- it a treehouse because it's a treehouse. We pulled all of the neighborhood kids and we go, "Hey, what's that thing in that tree?" And only one of them said a tree deck. <laughs> we cast that person out. They're forever banished. They got to fly off the tree deck. But I mean, everybody in the comment section was like, "It's not a treehouse. It's a tree deck." We're like, well, whatever. I mean, their childhood must not have been as fun as ours. Yeah. There's a wooden structure that you can play on in a tree called a treehouse. I don't know, but that. Moniker didn't translate across everybody else's childhoods. Anyway, there were a bunch of people that were whining about it. And this one person, <laughs> just like, that's a spicy tree deck. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. And so on Slack, the project management and communication kind of software package that we use internally, uh, like our communication thing, we have a new tab and it says funny comment. So whenever one of us comes across a really goofy comment, we throw it on there for everyone else's delight. And... I forgot who found the spicy tree deck, but that one just kind of <laughs> stuck with us. <laughs> it's uh, it's set on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. So you get the spicy tree deck Lego set. Yes. It is. Which that is a really nice set. And one thing I really love about it is it comes with, like, uh, spring and autumn leaves. Oh, really? You didn't see that? No, oh, I yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. You can change out the leaf color. Huh. Uh, one thing that I'm just finding out about my past model making is that <clears throat> this box came with so if you're watching the video you should totally watch this on youtube there's two panels of silver pieces mm-hmm. and they're basically identical because it has two droids in the packages but when i made r2d2 i just kind of like looked i was like oh that's the piece i need and i cut it out of the r5d4 panel so now when i'm looking at the numbers and the instructions the pieces are already cut out mm. so wow. don't do that I'm trying Me. to figure out the naming convention of all of these because mo- this is I'm not proficient in like model kit assembly. Is this a snap model? It says it is. Oh, cool. But there's like a bajillion little tiny pieces. Whoa, that's cool. There's a little tiny helmet. Oh yeah, that has a lot of detail. It looks like a mask helmet. It does. Has that same like snout face. Did you like the show Mask? When you were a kid? Um, I did. I liked it a lot. I liked the toys more than the show. Yeah. But I, I did enjoy the show. It's just as terrible and awesome as like all the other cartoons of that time. Yep. <clears throat> like Roller Bob? Roller Bop? Yeah, I always thought that was a little goofy. Yeah. Like they could have just they left have... the kid and the little rollerball yeah. skate scooter guy out of it completely and just focused on because if you think about it, like G.I. Joe didn't have a kid comic relief. Nope. I guess Transformers kinda did. Yep. But hmm. who we all thought was orphaned in the movie. But then he wasn't. Mm. Did we talk about my middle son watching Transformers movie? I think so. I know we talked about it. You had a whole bunch of DVDs that you were going to donate to somebody. And I rummaged through them and found uh, a few gems. And I found the Transformers movie that I assume you have on other. Yeah, I I have it on Blu-ray. I wasn't giving up on Transformers. But my middle son loves Transformers. He doesn't know a whole lot about them because, I mean, Transformers aren't on TV anymore. But I brought home that movie. Actually, they are. Okay. They're not on my TV well, anywhere. That's, you know. that's not the Michael Bay ones. That's, those are not Transformers. But <laughs> no. He loved the Bumblebee movie. Anyway, so we watched the Transformers movie, and he was glued to it. Awesome. And he was making, like, audible gasps. And <gasps> when – I think I had it on an Instagram story when uh, when Optimus died. He like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. I did see that. Yeah. He was, he was moved. I remember having that exact same reaction in the theater. Mm. When I saw that, I was like, no, what? No, no, you can't. No. But they did. So what else is going on? <clears throat> All my kids are Excuse sick. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. But it's weird. Like when I'm sick, I'm a pile of helpless mush. And like I just want pe- I want my wife to take care of me because I don't feel good and I just want to just do the thing. <laughs> and my kids have this uncanny energy when they are sick. And they'll just be like so excited and running around. But you can tell in like in their face, like their, their eyes are that kind of like three-quarter open. Mm. And they got bags. And then they just, like, stop for a little bit, and they sit down, and they like, well, maybe you should take a little nap. 
<laughs> and then they throw up. Yeah. And then That's they clean problem. off their bed, and then they wake up again, and they're completely fine. And it's such like a, a roller coaster with them to where it's so different for me. Like, if I'm sick, like, I'll see you in a couple of days after I emerge from, like, this incubated hell that I have to push myself through. Hmm. I'm glad that I don't really get sick. I mean, I I can't I can't remember the last time I felt so bad. Well, actually, I can't. It's been a long time since I felt so bad that I just didn't want to do anything and like had to just sleep because I just I don't know why I just don't really get like that. I'll get congested or <clears throat> you know have nose stuff or throat stuff like I do right now. Apparently, <clears throat> excuse me, but it didn't put me out of commission. It just gets in the way of everything else, you know. Yeah, it's more of a. You know, if I do get sick, you can kind of feel it. Get this weird, like, we call it the, you, you get icko in your sicko. Where you're not, like, throwing up all over. You just get that, like, body ache, kind of chill, like, ugh. That hmm. ramp up to feeling sick. And that's what my kids had the other day. And I'm like, okay, well, go, let's go take some medicine. And then, like, boom, they're super happy and running around and playing. I'm like, oh, well, maybe it was a fluke. And then they <laughs> and stop the and they puke off. everywhere. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. This is um, what do we have to talk about? Do we have anything to talk about? Um, like nerd stuff? We haven't really talked about nerd stuff in a while. Hmm. What about Star Wars or something nerdy? <laughs> <laughs> See how good I am at podcasting? <laughs> I did have literal nerds. Let's talk about that for a second. So we get a lot of slushies here at mm-hmm. I Like to Make Stuff. Mm-hmm. A couple times a week, maybe. And, uh... I had, I had to meet a guy here at the house, so you two went to get slushies. I usually get a grape slush. That's my favorite slush. Come back. I go to take a big swig of my slush, and I got a mouthful of nerds in it. Ew. Which, it's not bad. It didn't taste bad, but it's like a slushie is sweet enough. And then you put nerds that just dissolve and become these little pockets of sweet and I wasn't expecting it, so I just about choked on them. I got like a mm-hmm. mouthful of several little BBs, little sugar BBs in my mouth. And I, I don't, I don't hate it. I just didn't expect it. It feel like trash if you weren't prepared. Very, for it. very sweet. Yeah, you can, you can hear it slushing. The slushies yeah. are refreshing. We mm-hmm. get them a lot. We get them far more than we should. Yes. Yeah, and it, 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 like it's a throwback to my snow cone days, where I remember like the. Like the first week I worked in the snow cone shop, I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> Every <And> then, five minutes. <laughs> yeah, and you have like diarrhea for a couple of days because your belly's full of sugar water. Yep. And so now when I get a, a, a slushy, it's like, well, that's you know, it's kind of refreshing, but I'm just I'm thirsty now. So I don't I usually get the smaller one, and but you guys get the mega big ones, and then <laughs> I I will try to you know pace out my my slushy intake, but it's like, hey, look, the sun's up. It could probably be warm outside. Let's go get slushies. <laughs> And so today I got I got a small one and it was gross. Really? Well, yeah. Did you get a different flavor I got a, than usual? I wanted to get. Um, last time I had like a cherry and vanilla and it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'll get like a cherry and coconut. Let's see what that is. But their coconut is blue, and so it comes out looking like this purplish brownish kind of color, and it was not good. It sounds it just, nasty. Yeah, it wasn't good. Hmm. And so it was really easy for me to go like, you know what? I don't need a slushy today because this oh, one's kind of yeah. grody. Yeah. And the people that work at the Sonic that we go to to get these slushies uh, are not good at what they do. We seem to get the same guy in the little red button speaker thing. And we seem to overwhelm him with large grape slushie. And <laughs> wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah. What? Granted, there are a lot of permutations. You know, cherry, limeade, yeah. vanilla, coconut, whatever slush. But we don't try to be too difficult. And I, th- I don't try to be difficult because I know it's going to overwhelm that dude. And then we end up getting like a giant cup full of mayonnaise or something that's disgusting. Hot dogs, slushy. Hot dog juice, Dr. Pepper. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it's like inside of a Sonic, though. You know, because you don't really get to go inside. So maybe it's just a madhouse of flying chili dogs and uh, tater tots in there. I don't know. We should should do a collaboration. Hey, man, With you just- doing all right today? Everything okay in the in the slushy I hut bet that dude's I like. Order? Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> Nobody ever asks how I'm doing. Soft serve machines on the fritz. <laughs> Did we talk about working? Ah! 
service industry jobs? Have we talked about that before? I don't think so. We both have. Yeah. I hated it. I, I did and I didn't. When I didn't get to interact with people, I hated it. So I worked at a snow cone shop. It was my first job job. My friend's parents owned it, and we just kind of, like, alternated days. And that was fun because, like, my friends got to come and hang out. Uh, and then I stopped doing that. I don't remember why. But then I got a job at Hardee's. Ooh. And I worked at Hardee's in, like, on the line. And I worked there for four days, and I spent those four days cleaning the entire place. It was absolutely disgustingly mm. filthy. The people that worked there, like, hated working there. It was an environment where, like, the management didn't care about the people. And I was like, this is not uplifting or encouraging at all. And it's gross. And I had, should be, like, doing homework because I was in high school at the time. And so I just, I cleaned that place top to bottom. I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done working at Hardy's. Not to one-up that, but I can one-up that. Go. I worked not my first job, but one of my high school jobs was working the exact same thing that you just said, mm-hmm. but in a local fish restaurant. Oh, so I bet that smelled fun. It was disgusting. I got a brand new pair of Vans. Cool Vans. They were green and black. Hmm. These are cool Vans. I should wear them to my new job. <laughs> nope. In the grease place? In It was, imagine like <clears throat> white sludge that smelled like fish and kind of felt like a fish. That's, <laughs> that's what the floor of this place was. Mm. So after cleaning the back of the kitchen... For my first day of work, my shoes were covered in this white fish paste and smelled terrible. Mm. And man, that was that was awful. So the same kind of thing. Nobody wanted to be there. Nobody wanted to clean up after themselves because it was just, you know, you're slinging fish and like seafood and ugh, so gross. I worked as a waiter and a bartender at a seafood restaurant, but it was it was cleaner and it was nicer and it was a little more upscale. It wasn't super fancy. Hmm. Uh, that was the bit, when I say yes and no, that was the bit of working in, like, the service industry or food service that I really liked. I liked being a waiter. I liked, like, interacting with people. Oh, yeah. I liked balancing all of the things. If I had six tables, like, these people need this, and I got to put this order in. I got to time this right because that person got a steak and that person got a this. And so, like, having all of the, you know, juggling all the things at one time, I really enjoyed. And when it was slow, that's when I hated it because I would forget stuff because I would just, like, start daydreaming. Yeah. But, like, the more crazy involved I was, like, running back and forth from the kitchen to a dining room and talking to people and, like, trying to be sincere and, you know, caring that people actually had a good time because they're, they're spending money on things. And, like, that's the part I really, really liked. Yeah, I could see that. At Hardee's, when I got stuck in the back, see, we served, I don't know if they do at all places, Hardee's slash Carl's Jr. It's the same thing, depending on where you are in the United States. But I was served fried chicken, hmm. and it was disgusting. Hmm. They had this vat of, like, green herbs and spices, um, <laughs> like, goo. Sure they were. And you take out, like, the, the chicken in this giant bag, and there's, a, like, raw chicken station. And you just, like, dump it in the goo, yeah. and you take it out of the big sieve thing, and you dump it in this other stuff, and you dump it back in the goo, and then you put it in the fryer. And so that thing never got cleaned. The goo station. I was like, this is raw chicken stuff. The goo station. And I never saw anybody clean the thing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do one. I'm going to do this place a solid. Nasty. I'm going to clean it all up. Now, my son's been doing the dishes. And uh, I forgot my wife made the other day. But we had the skillet. And the skillet was all covered and fried. Like probably bacon or something. And he was like, but it's all gross and nasty. I'm like, Sonny Jim, you ain't seen nothing. <laughs> until you Let work, me tell you about the goo station. Watch that line at Hardy's. <laughs> That's funny. And it was so weird. Like, I, I know what soap is. I know what cleaning supplies are. But when you work in, like, fast food or work in the service industry, they have, like, very specific cleaning products. Mm-hmm. And it's these, like, industrial chemicals or, like, you got to get the pink one. But don't mix the pink one and the bright green one together. <laughs> It'll explode. Yeah. And it was, I was like, oh, I'll just dump some of this on there. Like, oh, my God, you need to be wearing gloves. I'm like, why? It's just soap, right? She's like, super soap. They're like, no, no. They've got That's kill everything juice. juice. Hand cancer now. I also worked in a snow cone hut. I was trying to remember the other day what ours was called. Not that it matters, but it had like a, it was like a Hawaiian shave ice something. Hmm. I don't know, but. Ours was rainbow snow cones. Hmm. Um, But yeah, I I worked there for maybe a couple summers. I don't remember exactly. 
That was a pretty cool job because you were just kind of like in your own little bubble mm-hmm. by yourself. You deal with the people and they come up and, you know, get stuff. But I just like sat on there and listened to the radio. Yep. Tried out a, every combination of snow cone flavors. Had a radio, did <clears> homework, <throat> played yep. the bass. Friends came and hung out. Had a little air-conditioned shack in like the 100-degree Florida heat. <laughs> Done. Let's see. Other than that, I worked at, I washed dishes at a, like a deli here in town. Um, <clears throat> I was a barista in college. Really? Yeah. For a little while. Um, it was like this little market. had a little coffee place in it. I did that. What else service-wise did I do? Oh, that one. Yep. When I went to college, I worked in the mall in Orlando, and they were hiring at a smoothie place. And I felt like my skills as a snow cone connoisseur <laughs> would transition quite well. And I walked up extremely confident. I'm like, I'm the perfect person for this job. You have a shaved ice thing over there. I know how to do all of that. I was the assistant manager of a snow cone establishment. And she's like, okay, okay, all right, you can have the job. I was the assistant manager. But it was, it was the worst time to have a job when I was in college because they wanted me to work like the rush shifts and they wanted me to work. And I'm like, well, I need to study because I'm a student and I don't want to fail. They're like, well, you need to be at work. Mm. And the time when I was at work, I remember my paycheck, after like two weeks of work, was like $110. I'm like, this is nothing. This yeah, is not worth the gas to drive down time. here. Yeah. I'm like, and I'm failing. I'm trying to do my like Calc 3 homework with ah! my uh. smoothie shirt on. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And then they wanted me to work over the uh, Christmas. No, it was the Thanksgiving break, like during the Black Friday rush. Oh, gosh. And I remember I lived in the dorms on campus. And over the big holidays like that, like they just shut down. Like you weren't allowed to stay. You had to go home. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling my manager, I'm like, hey, I have to go home um, for, you know, the week. She's like, you can't do that. I'm like, well, I have to or I'll be homeless. <laughs> She's like, well, that's the whole reason we hired you. I'm like, well, that's your fault. You should have asked that up front. But you didn't. So. Guess I'm just not going to work here anymore. That was the end of it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I worked in a candle store hmm. um, in college. And I actually didn't work in the store. But in Savannah, they have these candle stores. There's a couple of them. And they have those those uh, fancy candles with, like, flowers and different colors and stuff on them. And in the store, they cut those. They carve them right in front of you, and then they also carve them in this other place, like a, like a factory kind of area. And I actually worked in the owner's garage making the, the cores. So I would, I had these big vats of clear wax and then these like star shaped forms that were like big 32 ounce star shaped cups made out of aluminum flashing. And so every morning I would take this gallon jug, I'd lay out all these different star-shaped metal things, and I would take a gallon jug, dip it down into probably a 50-gallon drum of molten wax, cover my hand in molten wax, hmm. and then just, like, pour it into each one of these things. Hmm. <clears throat> like, before that, you had to put in um, wicks. So you yeah. feed a wick through the bottom, you pull it up on the top, and then you pour around it. And so by the time you get to pouring the last one, the first one's starting to set up. So then you you know, kind of clean up and then go back and demold each one of these things. And you'd, after about, I don't know, 20 minutes, you'd end up with 10 or so of these big star things. And then when they colored them to carve, they would take that core and hold it by the wick, which was real long, and they would dip it in different colors of wax. So you just dunk it in, pull it out, wait about three seconds, and then dunk it into the next one. So it would just like accumulate like a little skin of yeah, that Yes, so you're color. just building up a skin. And then when you go to carve it, you're cutting down through all this hot wax and all these layers, and then you fold it back, and you've like got... A Damascus candle? <laughs> pretty much. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It was pretty cool. But I mostly made the cores um, that you know they used in the store. But the reason I'm thinking of that, I was in college. It was in the summer, first summer of college, so I was not taking classes, but I was still in Savannah. I got this job, and the guy was like, you know, really, we just need a certain number of these cores a week. And so... It's at my house. I don't care when you come. You just got to get this many done. And I did the job for quite a while. And then I think close to the end of the summer, it was like, well, you know, like, like we could go to the beach. We could go surf. I can do that today. Instead, I'll just like go tomorrow and I'll make extra cores. And 
And so I just would go in less and less, but I was still kind of getting it done. And, and then one day I get home from the boss. My boss's name was Chuck. I get home from the beach or wherever I was. There's, press the button on the answering machine. And it's like, Your answering hey, machine. Bob, this is Chuck. You're fired. Mm-hmm. Click. <laughs> and that was That's it. it? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, I call him back. And he was like, basically, you just, you don't come in enough. We need, you know, you didn't tell me that you weren't coming in and all this type of stuff. So, never been fired before. That was the only time I think I've ever been fired. And I totally deserved it. But, mm. you know. Other than that, I worked in the mall in, I worked at The Gap for a long time. Mm. I worked at American Eagle for a long time in college. How was that? Uh, did you have like, did you have to stand there and they're like, you just need to stand and be pretty for a certain amount of time? <laughs> or were you like folding shirts? Dude, I was pretty all the time. Uh, I mean, it was. Well, Yeah. I did a combination of stockroom stuff and sales. So a lot of the stockroom stuff was just like hanging out in the back, unpacking boxes and like inventorying stuff, which was nice because you could, it didn't matter what you wore or anything. But even like doing sales, it was pretty easy. You can tell if somebody actually wants to buy something or if they need help or not. Mm. And it wasn't a commission thing, so it was just kind of like being around. Mm. And if somebody didn't want your help, you could be like, okay, I'll be over there. I would literally be standing right here. The worst thing about working in those stores, well, two two things that I really didn't like. One, you hear the same music over oh, and over, yeah. and it's like terrible music. There's like one good song on the CD that you get to hear hmm. 40 times in a shift. Um, that, and then at The Gap, they wouldn't let us go after somebody if they stole something. And this was like really? company policy. and it so maybe just like walk out? It may be like everywhere, but basically it was so dangerous in Savannah that, and I guess litigious, if if somebody stole something and you went after them out of the store, then they could press charges on you for the, them stealing the, something. The and, yeah, for you hmm. chasing them down. Or they turn around and shoot you. I mean, oh, that's a possibility too. Yeah. But basically you could talk to them in the store but you weren't supposed to accuse anyone of stealing anything, but you couldn't follow them out of the store. You just had wow. to call security. So they could just be like having a conversation with you with an armful of clothes and just walk toward the door? Yep. You can't do a single thing about it. I wonder if that's still policy. I mean, I don't want anything from the Gap. There's no reason to have a $25 black T-shirt. But, <laughs> but if it's free. I mean, that's stealing is bad, kids. <laughs> stealing is bad. Don't do it. What if you just like walked out and walked down and well, then brought it back to them? So the thing was like we could call – I mean, our manager had like a quick call to security. Mm-hmm. So if you could, if you saw somebody stealing something, you could call security before you approach them, before, before the manager the, approached them. The person? Yeah. Because you couldn't be accusatory in any way. Right. So you could get security to the door to block, block them from the leaving. Mm. Then you could at least, you know, say something to them. About but I imagine it. you couldn't like search the person. Nope. It was just like they could say, no, it's not in my purse. And you're yeah. like, uh, I brought these clothes, all these labels in here because I was going to return them. That's right. Man. So that was really frustrating because we would watch these teenage girls just, I mean, not always girls, but a lot of teenage girls would just walk in and pick up a T-shirt or something and like look at it and kind of look around and then just like stick it in their bag or stick it in their jacket. We couldn't do a thing about it. Wow. Yet they would charge us. We had to pay for our own clothes to work at the job that we were trying oh, to make really? money. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, I've never worked retail. Yeah, I liked I liked retail a lot better than mm. like food service. I would be happy to never do food service ever in my entire life, but retail was all right because the people that I worked with were super cool. I made some good friends just being in that environment with mm-hmm. people was kind of low stress and stuff. Um, of course, the holidays were always kind of crazy, but it was good. I mean, that was that was what I worked most of college. <clears throat> so I think jobs like okay so when your kids get of age and they're like dad I think I need to get a job are those uh, your experience in food service and in retail like are those recommendations that you would give to them do you think that there's a part of you that is better because you have existed in those two areas I think in the retail yeah I think in food service no because I I didn't I didn't shine there it was it wasn't miserable it just wasn't it wasn't a thing that I was really enjoyed it was just kind of a thing but, I mean, I think that comes down to, like, your personality. Certain kids mm-hmm. of mine would probably love that. And, do like you were saying, interacting with customers and, like, making sure everybody mm-hmm. had what they need, that is a certain portion of my family. And it is the exact opposite of another portion of my family. Mm. So, you know, I don't think I would discourage it, but I, I would want them to 
do jobs that they have to do because they have to do a job. And then if they have a choice, I would encourage them to do something that fits their personality because it's just going to be a better, they're going to be better workers if they can find something that they can do sustainably rather than just like, I hate people, but I'm going to have to go work at McDonald's as a cashier. That's not going to work out well for anybody. Right. You know? Well, I think that there's a lot of valuable <clears throat> skills that you can get working in either one of those. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I think it kind of teaches you to to be a good employee, even though like you, you're probably not going to get a great leader. Uh, you, you may get a Maybe. good manager. Maybe. You know, it, it's it's a crapshoot. I feel my experience yeah. has been a crapshoot, especially because there's a lot of high turnover in a lot of places like restaurants. You know, waiters and waitresses. You may have like a, a head waitress or head waiter or someone who runs the front of the house or back of the house. But I mean, it, people turned over so frequently. Hmm. Even at like nicer restaurants, but especially in fast food, that it's hard to try to like keep the the instruction of a single person and like right. keep that going. Oh boy, this thing! I'm not good at this model. Um, well, no, I think that food service, especially, I think it teaches people how to be good patrons of those establishments. That's very true, yep. because I think a lot of people will disrespect. Or just don't care, or maybe you're just oblivious to where their food and things like that come from. Or maybe they just don't know, or they don't pay attention. And when you're on the other side of that, you realize that a lot of the, I think it's Daniel Tosh makes a joke that working in food service, like you learn that your ranch dressing is not a stinking problem. Like it's not as big a deal as you <laughs> think it is. Yeah. And I, it taught me how to, how to manage a bunch of things all at one time. And I think one thing I liked about food service is I was immediately rewarded that day for my performance. So if oh, I was great tips. to a whole bunch of oh, tables, yeah. if I could move tables efficiently, if they had a good time, like a majority of the time, I granted people have their own personalities and some people don't believe in tipping or some people believe in over tipping, but uh, it correlated. Mm. Now, if I did a great job, if I was able to manage all that stuff and I'd go back and check on their stuff in the kitchen and I would, you know, fight for my tables with the person who was expediting things. But for the most part, it all evened out in the end that my performance for that day, I walked out with, if it was a $100 day, like, boom, that was great. Mm -hmm. It was a $40 day. I'm like, well, that was terrible. And you can kind of gauge um, if you're at a restaurant long enough, like how well the restaurant's doing. If you believe in the owner or the chefs or the food or the whatever, then the demand from the clientele is going to reflect how successful that they feel that restaurant is. Therefore, hmm. your money will, will It's a trickle down, yeah. So it, it, it teaches you to kind of to invest in a place. Hmm. And invest in a place that you want to be. I mean, not just because like, oh, they I need a job and I can be a waitress at wherever. And, and I think that that skill, and if you're able to present yourself in a, in a good enough kind of light, that skill is pretty much transferable anywhere. I think so. And I think a lot of times as adults that work in food service, you can tell the people who do it because they actually like that engagement mm -hmm. versus the people who are like, I need a job. And mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, you have to take the job you have to take to survive. I get that. But there's certain people, I think who may have other options, but they continue to work in food service because they love working with people and serving. That's in the word. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I would not be that person, but that's me. You having trouble there? Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap. That's it's the beige piece. You need off. to find the beige piece and stick it to the other well, beige I, piece. Well, I'm making it. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing to begin with, but I'm making a subsection of a piece that I don't know where it goes. And it has to all be kind of sandwiched together. Yeah, it's and funny. Doing living, it upside down. The difference between what we're working on is like you're putting together random pieces that you don't know what they're for, how do they go together, how they relate to the whole thing. Whereas I'm doing a leg of an R2-D2 that I've been studying yeah. very closely <laughs> for several months. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the booster cover and that's the ankle support piece and that's the uh, – yep. <clears throat> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, I'm finally catching up on Stranger Things. Not done with a new season. It goes like that. But if, oh, yes. Are um, you liking it? I am liking it. It's it's different. How do you feel it compared to the other seasons? I'm not really that far. I think we're like four episodes in. And from a story perspective, I don't know that we're that far. 
I guess that's about half of the episodes. But the thing I like about it, where we just got, was where all of the separate, it started out very separated. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of different storylines that seem unrelated, but they're all starting to converge. I think that's pretty cool. I like it when people can do that. I love it when a story does that. Yeah. Have you seen Crash? Crash. Oh, you know, I never saw that. That is one I of those movies. Think. It it does a really good job of doing. Was that, that the one that had split screen? What was that movie? No. <clears throat> there was this movie, and I think it came around around the same time as that. But I know that one had a bunch of different storylines yeah, that all kind of bunch yeah. of really famous people, and they all have seemingly unrelated. <clears throat> Ooh, sorry. Plots, their own little subplots, and they yeah. all kind of come together at the end for a big accumulating event. There was this, oh, Time Code. That was it called. Did you ever see Time Code? Uh, I don't know. There was a movie called Time Code that came out when I was in college or maybe after, slightly after that, so probably late 90s sometime. But the movie was, see if I can remember the specifics. It was split into four screens, and there was a time code running. Hmm. So that all four, they weren't, they were like separate scenes, separate actors, separate everythings, but they were all happening in real time at the same time. That's cool. And they would zoom into one of these frames to show how the action here was what was really important, but you could still see the other things happening in real time and it would move back and forth. And then at the end, I think they all converged, man, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that because I don't remember the specifics, but... It was a pretty cool idea. It may have been one of those that was like a cooler idea than an actual execution. I don't remember. Anthony, did you ever see that? Hmm. Maybe I made it up. I did this And wrong. if so, then I just invented a really awesome movie that mm-hmm. I should make. But have you seen Have you seen oh, Memento? Yeah. Yes. Did you like Memento? I did. I saw it in the theater. I like movies that tell stories in weird ways. Yeah. And I guess that's, you know, I've been watching ER on Hulu for the last, like, year and a half trying to, because I really like that show. But every once in a while, because they'll have separate directors for most of the episodes, mm-hmm. you'll get one like that. And it'll start out, like, at the end. Or oh, yeah. it'll tell a parallel story on day one and day two, but you don't really know where it is. And you have to pay attention to the context of the show to understand, like, oh, this has happened already. Hmm. Or they'll start off with somebody has, like, a bloody nose walking down the street. And you're like, whoa, uh did I miss something in the last episode? And you're starting at the end and it works backwards. Right. I feel like I did it all wrong. I didn't do it all wrong. You might have. You never know. Um, okay. What else have you... Have you been watching anything else Bonk. cool lately? Seen anything? Interested in anything coming up? I looked at the pricing for Disney Plus yesterday. Yeah? Yeah. Because uh, I was cheap, talking right? to my friend Sean Joliker on our other podcast, Making Geeks. And he said that, I guess, D23, or when it came out, you could get, like, discounted pricing. If you were at D23. Well, he wasn't at D23. He just lives in the area. Oh. Yeah. And so he was able to get Disney Plus for three years for uh, $120 or $140. Nice. Just like $3.99 or something a month. That's crazy. But that wasn't, it didn't include, like, the Hulu package. Hmm. And so I was looking at that, kind of perusing if that was valuable at all. Oh, I didn't do it wrong. I was just looking at it upside down. <laughs> One thing I did see the other day that they've announced, they're continuing to announce extra stuff that's going to, well, not extra stuff, stuff that's going to be on the service. Uh, all the old DuckTales, Rescue Rangers, I Darkwing Duck, that. all that stuff, old X-Men, old Spider-Man what? comics, all that. that. The, the Spider-Man show and yep. the X-Men show were awesome. Yep. We talked about the trading cards last week. Mm-hmm. Trading cards and a TV show, all that stuff wrapped up. Man, my childhood was super deep into the X-Men TV shows and into Spider-Man comic books. And then when they made the Spider-Man TV show, it was great, too. Yeah, that's all going to be on Disney+. Plus. Man. I saw that they had, like, their suggested afternoon. It was all, like, the... Yeah, that was the DuckTales and all that the stuff. The Disney yeah. afternoon. Which what, was, was what I watched it. growing up. Yeah. I remember that block of Disney shows. It's pretty awesome. The I'm, new DuckTales cartoon is really cool. I still have not gotten I've to see that. I've watched two episodes of it that I found on YouTube. But the original DuckTales and Darkwing Duck and the Rescue Rangers and Tailspin, like, those were good shows. I don't remember Tailspin. And I only remember Darkwing Duck as a character, not a separate show. Did he have his own show? Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. He, But he was on DuckTales sometimes, right? Uh, I believe so. I think that's where I know him from, but it's kind of weird I don't have that context. You know the person to ask? Wes. Wes Swain. Yeah. <laughs> Our friend Wes. I do like in his house. He's got um, <clears throat> he's got 
cells, like cartoon cells from Darkwing Duck. Mm. Absolutely loves Darkwing Duck. When he first got his 3D printer, the first thing he printed was Darkwing Duck's like purple kind of ducky blaster. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> He's going to roll his eyes at me when he listens to this. But like he reached out to the guy who originally wrote. And oh, who, yeah. I forgot uh, about that. The original artist. And the guy was like, I want one of those. But he is a, a huge Disney Duck fan. Disney Duck fan. My kids are home. You can hear them. Oh, we're going to Disney. Did you make all your plans? We made the plans. So run us through what you're doing. Later in the year, we're our Christmas present this year for everybody and probably their birthday presents. <laughs> <laughs> it's so expensive. We're going to go to Disney. And we're waiting until after, it's going to be late in the year, but we're waiting until after the Rise of Resistance ride opens at Galaxy's Edge. Do you, is it taking over a, a ride or is it a brand new? I So the Guardians of the Galaxy thing took over Tower Terror. I don't think, I don't think it's taken anything over. I, as far as I understood, Galaxy's Edge was an, an entirely new area. Oh, really? It didn't take over MGM Studios or Hollywood Studios? It's part of Hollywood Studios, but I think it's like a new corner. Hmm. I could be wrong about that, but because there was so much information about like the Disneyland version and the Disney World because it wasn't done. So I got kind of confused as to what was where, but. Well, today when I was hanging out with the kids at home, we watched a little like backstage pass at Disney World kind of walkthrough thing on Mm -hmm. Amazon Prime and couldn't really tell how old it was. But I remember the rock and roller coaster. They were talking about that, and I was wondering how long the oh. rock and roller coaster was going to stay branded as the rock and roller coaster because it was Aerosmith heavy, yeah. like they're the, the keystone on that ride. Yeah, it was a really good roller coaster. It I don't was. know if you were, yeah. okay, yeah. but I was wondering with all these new properties, the opportunity cost of them keeping Aerosmith of all people on board versus turning it into like the Black panther ride or something yeah i guess they could rebrand something like that i mean that one was really heavy on the content uh, as well as the ride because there were a bunch of visuals and a bunch of music well it was yeah it was the first roller coaster that like synced up to music but again you can take one of the i mean you can make that the guardians of the galaxy thing and throw it back true and i think the visuals on the ride were just um they were uv projected like street signs because the whole thing was you were riding a stretch limo to take the band to the concert venue and you didn't want to go through the downtown LA traffic. And so you had to zip through on this roller coaster style thing. So like the story <laughs> that Disney loves implementing yeah. and for you to be so immersed in for that one is pretty weak. And so I thought with all of this new rebranding and like all of the new properties that they have, they could very easily, you know, adapt that to something more popular. It totally could be. I'd, yeah. I don't have any idea. I'm pretty excited about that, though, um, about going on that trip. We're going to be there for I, – I figure this – we're in the sweet spot with our kids. So our oldest will be 12 right before that. Our youngest will be 7 right around that time. And so as far as I can tell, that is the absolute best age for Disney across the entire group of kids that we will ever have. Mm. Because he's turning into a teenager, um, and then they're just going to start aging out. I mean, they'll always be into Star Wars and you know fun stuff, I'm sure. But I think I think right now is, <clears throat> excuse me, like the time where they can all totally get into it. Yeah. Even the like silly Disney rides that aren't property dependent, I think they would still enjoy. So we're going to go all out. We're going to do this trip. We're staying in like one of the Disney places. We got several days of. We have more park days than there are parks. Oh, wow. Because it turns out it's cheaper. Did it work out? I know you were talking about this. So it turns out, like, if you, once you get past four days, I guess there's four parks, so four days, you start adding days to that. All of us, my parents are going with us too. So there's eight people. So a lot of money. But when you add an entire park day of um, park hopper tickets to that whole group of people, it's like 60 bucks more. Wow. And then you add another day, and that extra day is 50 bucks more. And another day, and that extra day is 40 bucks more. Hmm. It gets so much cheaper per day, and that cuts down on the overall, you know, averages out. But so we're doing like five days. <clears throat> excuse me. We have five days of Disney. Uh, I assume we'll do them all. And then we'll probably do a day of Universal and uh, do the Harry Potter, Harry Potter stuff. My throat is failing me. It's those nerds. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about though the the thing that I don't really know how to handle <laughs> with Disney is I have four kids and I'm basically a kid. So that's five kids that are all going to want lightsabers <laughs> that are $200 a piece. So we're not getting lightsabers. But then the the little droid builder thing where you get to build your own droid, you pick out the parts you want and everything, and mm-hmm. it has a personality and they react to each other. That sounds totally awesome. They're a hundred bucks a piece, which is better. But I can't get one of them. I can't get half of them. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's kind of an all or nothing. And we're already spending a boatload of money to go on the trip. I would think you could do a lightsaber build here for all of them for the pieces they actually want, not the ones that just happen to be available. I know you're missing the ambiance of actually doing it there and the little theatrics they have. Yeah. But I think it could be an opportunity where you walk up and it has the one with like the big tooth or whatever. You go like, yours is way cooler than that one. Hmm. So you kind of do it here in a more controlled and open and freely artistic environment and cheaper (laughs) so that when you get there, oh, I broke everything. Oh, so Um, you're saying do it beforehand. Yeah, do you do it here in the shop with them beforehand so that they can be more proud of the one that they made Hmm. rather than – because the ones I've seen, they don't look that great in my opinion. Hmm. I would make mine differently. And so if I paid $200 and I had to pick from – you know, different combinations of, of kit A through yeah. through F. <clears throat> well, and that's kind of the, the thing. Like, it would be easy, not easier, it would be easier for me to, to say, look, I'm going to go make myself a lightsaber because they're so expensive. Sorry, kids, you just don't get one. You're getting this trip. But at the same time, like, I could make my own lightsaber. I did make my own lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And I could make another one mm-hmm. and another one and another one, and I don't have to go to Disney to do it. So, I don't know. Maybe that's not... The lightsaber is less of a thing for me than, or for the family, than the droids. Everybody having their own customized droid that we could all put on the floor together and, like, they could roll around and... That sounds really cool. But that's, like, 600 bucks (laughs) in plastic droids. (laughs) So, maybe we just tell them that, like, you can either have a droid or you can eat. The week that we're at Disney. <laughs> Whichever one you want. You get it's, a droid or you get a Dole Whip. You got to choose now. Totally up to you guys. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah, so I don't know what we're going to do about that. But I am very much excited about... Oh, I put the foot on backwards, did I? I put no, I all of this on backwards. Uh, I'm excited about going on that trip. Uh, just... I think it's going to be a lot of fun. My kids are at the right age to where they're going to have fun and be able to like do everything... Not last time we went, my youngest was too short for about half the stuff. Not everything, but so I think it'll be cool. And it'll be a few months from now, so I'll have to report back on how it goes. But yeah, what what time are we at? Forty eight minutes of talking about absolutely nothing. Bob, none of this is working. I'm sorry, I can't help you. I'm missing a part. I think that helps any. Oh, I got it. I probably cut it off. Catastrophe averted. Oh, after you mentioned a Dole Whip, I found uh, there's a YouTube channel where a guy like teaches people how to make drinks. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it was called, but he taught people how to make a Dole Whip. Ooh, really? And then one with rum in it. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, that um, yeah, that's that's a thing about Disney that I'd kind of forgotten. So now I'm looking forward to that. But it won't Glad have nerds in it. And it won't have the guy through the terrible speaker getting your order wrong. Oh, somebody told me about the Dole Whip thing that if you What's the deal? There's like a secret. If you're near, if you're within earshot of the Dole Whip stand in Frontierland or mm-hmm. whatever that land is, Adventure Land or whatever, <clears throat> if a kid is crying because they can't have a Dole Whip, a cast member will bring them a Dole Whip for free. Wow. Now, I don't know. I haven't tested this. So that's a lot of cast members for your crew. Yeah. It's like, okay, kid, it's your turn to cry. <laughs> And then we're going to go around the corner and you're going to cry. So I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know anybody that's actually done it, but um, I've been researching a lot of Disney hacks and stuff because. It's fun. Yeah. There's so many little secrets. Oh, you want to, oh, secret thing. Tell us the good stuff. Okay. This is a good thing. Well, I haven't learned a whole lot of like new things. Most of it was about Galaxy's Edge, about everybody walks in and you immediately see the uh, Millennium Falcon. And Mm -hmm. so everybody's like, oh, I got to go right to the Millennium Falcon when the park opens. 
But if you skip that, you can go to other stuff first, and that initial rush of the line will go from a 45-minute wait to like a 15-minute if you wait about 45 minutes. So you just skip that. You go back to the back, go to some of the other stuff, go through the shops, and then when you come back, you can you know, wait less time. <clears throat> there was stuff like that. But a friend of mine, he used to be an Imagineer, and he would get us in. Oh, man, should I tell this story? Nobody's going to hear this. I, I can tell you. Bleep out his name, Brandon. You can bleep out his name. His name is Bleep. He used to be an Imagineer, and he got us into Disney a few times because he could, you know, they have a certain number of people they can get into the parks for free. And so we're in there, and he's like, and this this is this doesn't work anymore. But Weak. the old, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It actually doesn't. The old fast pass machines yep. were a kiosk, and you mm-hmm. would have to go up and you stick your ticket in, and then it would stick it and it would shoot out a fast pass in the bottom. And there was always a cast member standing behind the machines. And so if you came up and you stuck your ticket in and it didn't work, you'd be like, oh, man, this isn't working. And they'd be like, try it again. Stick your ticket in, and then a fast pass would come out every single time. And so he's like telling us there's a button on the back of the machine in the top right corner of every fast pass machine. And if you hit that button, it spits one out. And it's not tied to a ticket. It's not tied Ooh. to a time. I mean, whatever the next yeah, time. Yeah, because it was like appointment based. Yeah, so yeah. they would stand on these machines and they would just kind of like, you know, hanging, hanging out. out and being then, cool. Oh, it's not working? Try it again. Click. Fast pass. Interesting. So we went <laughs> down there with him and it was me and Forby and some other people. And we spent the entire tri- time trying to distract the cast member so we could get around and press the button. And we did it several times. And we got like free fast passes. So you could get three or four in a row. Huh. And then, you know, you don't have to wait two hours or whatever to ride the ride again. But they don't have the buttons anymore. Sorry. It's all those street toughs breaking the system. <laughs> That's right. Somebody leaked the secret. Way to go. Bleep. <laughs> all right. We got anything else we want to talk about? I don't know. How long have we been talking? Like uh, 52 minutes. I've had a lot of people reach out about CrossFit and that whole conversation oh, about yeah? like getting better and healthier and the whole like I'll be the fat kid thing yeah. that has resonated with people because they kind of feel the same way. Oh, um, so as an update, still going. Uh, I hurt. I hurt up here today. You hurt less though, or maybe you're just talking I hurt about different. It less. Okay. Yep, I talk about it less, but I wince more. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it's so random and like we want to shock your body in all the different kind of ways. Like hmm. I hurt differently. <laughs> And so, like, little things that I want to be able to do, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah that's because I did some Turkish flywheel pull-sit lat-ups or whatever. I don't know what they call it. Wow. Them. That sounds dangerous. It's super intense, bro. <laughs> I do CrossFit. <laughs> so it's still going good. Good. Um, I think it's little tiny changes, which I'm not used to, which, again, is still, mm. like, mentally irritating to me. But it's overall a positive thing. Well, you said the other day that you had asked the one of the coaches about at what point do you stop hurting all the time? Yeah, so I can function for the rest yeah, of the day? Yeah, like, what was their... You told me the response, but I honestly don't remember what it was. It was a, like, you just got to keep moving. That was it. Hmm. I'm like, well, you know, I, I go to work, and we, we do stuff. But, I mean, majority of my stuff, I'm, I'm going to be sitting at the computer. And so, I like, I need to get up and go do things. And so, when you guys are in the shop shooting what you were doing earlier, I was doing, like, silly flailing arm tube man advertising sock thingy <laughs> to try to like get my chest and arms to stop hurting. Huh. Like when the chimpanzee at the zoo like walks back and forth with his hands up in the air. That's what I was doing to try to keep moving. Awesome. Uh, he said something about like my hamstrings. You have to do this thing where you like you're constantly like bending over and you like pooch your butt upward while you're doing things. It's an, it's an awkward way to stand but you can feel it like pulling on muscles. Mm. That is consistent and that consistently hurts. <laughs> and yeah. he's like oh just walk downstairs backwards. And so I tried it the other day, and I think it is to relieve the – or to ignore the pain, not to stretch that muscle. And so, like you were oh, talking about whenever you're, you're done – Yeah, you're done with the marathon and you're walking downstairs, mm-hmm. walk down backwards. Interesting. And my daughter looked at me like I was an idiot and was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm playing a fun game of not You should be like, nothing. This downstairs. is how people walk downstairs. You've been doing it wrong this yeah. entire time. What's wrong with you? Hmm. I went to the chiropractor today. How'd that go? That's a first. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever been. My back's been hurting like crazy. Um, it was fine. I don't know. Jenny sent me a message earlier. She was like, oh, how was it? I don't know. 
dude talked and then freaked me out by making everything crack a bunch of times. And it, I know it's not like a one and done kind of, you know, everything's yeah. magically better. Um, you would think it would be by what they're doing to you. It, yeah, it feels like it should be. I feel like I should be taller after yeah, all like of that. Yeah, like you just but, broke me. Yeah. But it, it's not. I mean, it was fine. I did feel after... So if you've never been... I've always been skeptical, to be totally honest. I've been skeptical of the chiropractors. Snake oil kind of skeptical? No, just like... Um, so if you say you're a doctor, you're a... I don't know, just pick one. Pediatrician. You say you're a pediatrician. If somebody says that, I know that there is an X amount of school that they had to go to. They had to pass these type of classes. They mm-hmm. had to get this degree to hang it on the wall to say, I am a doctor of this type. Maybe that's the same with chiropractors. But when I think of chiropractors, I think of like, I think I want to be a chiropractor now. Like, what website can I go to to find the diploma? I know that's mm-hmm. not true. I'm saying it out loud. I know that's not true, but that's the because I have no experience with them. That's the the way I look at it. That it's a little more of a wild west kind of like, oh, this will probably help. I get some correspondence course type thing. Yeah, like there's just less that goes into it. Maybe less training, less actual. You know, I don't know if chiro- anatomical. Knowledge. I don't know if chiropractors can uh, prescribe medicine. See stuff like that. I don't know. Like I don't. Yeah, hmm. I don't either. But either way. If you know, let us know. Um, kindly, because we don't know. I'm not trying to be mean. I just don't have any context. Uh, so I think I've never really gotten, I've never given it a shot. My back's been hurting a bunch, so you go, Jenny goes. It's like, well, I'll give it a try and see if it makes a difference. So dude, like, just laid on top of me and made everything go. Oh, and so scary. I felt like I should be taller when I stood up, and I wasn't. But I did feel a little, like, tension out of my back. Like, after all the cracking, I was like, oh, like, I feel a little looser. Pain still is there. Back still hurts, neck still hurts. That's not gone. I think that'll take time. But I do feel, like, a little, you know. A little more wiggly? Yeah. But it was kind of crazy. He took uh, x-rays. Apparently, I broke my back at some point. Really? Yeah. There was, like, a like a fracture in uh, one of my vertebrae. Just like. Can you recall... Something that would be so traumatic to do that to you? Several things, but I don't know which one was. (laughs) My son loves telling the story that I fell out of a helicopter and broke my back. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you don't have to tell people that. Like, it's not some cool badge of honor that you get. He probably sees, yeah, he didn't get it, but he sees it as a badge of honor for you, probably. I guess. It doesn't make me, in my mind, it doesn't make me cool. It makes me sound incompetent. (laughs) It was a complete accident that had nothing to do with me. He fell out of a helicopter. Yeah, it bugs me when he tells that because I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. It was a complete accident. I was in the helicopter. I was helping people in the back, and there's a call that the crew makes all together. It's called the crew, passengers, and mission equipment. And everybody in sequence announces that they are all secure, and then the helicopter takes off. Well, this pilot that I was flying with was in a hurry. The other helicopter took off, so he took off too, and I was half in the helicopter and half out. I was not secured by any means. I was doing stuff with people, and so I, like— did that thing where you, something is going to fall off a table where you're like, don't fall. And you kind of like want to will it to stay on the table. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Mm. And then I had to do the like grabbing at air kind of thing. <laughs> and I felt probably. And it made like a. Woo, 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 <laughs> if it was a cartoon, it absolutely would have made that sound. I fell. I don't know, probably 20 feet. Ugh. I think somebody told me. And I had on my flight gear and my armor and all my stuff. And I fell right on my like butt and back. And then the other helicopter apparently told them they came straight back down and almost landed on me. Oh, gosh. And I had to roll out of the way. And we have this cable that allows us to talk. Like, as a crew member, I had to hook into the side of the helicopter and then hook into my helmet. And I had a little button, and that's what you used to talk. And they landed on my cord. Hmm. And so when they rolled off of it, my cord broke in half. And so I spent the entire flight back angry in pain, talk in silence. Oh. oh, and I remember we had the chaplain on board for some reason. We were going somewhere. We had the chaplain. And he was like, had this look of just dead, scared look on his face. And I was trying to talk my thing, and I couldn't. And I was trying to scream over the helicopter, and I couldn't. So I, like, grabbed his helmet all angrily, and, like, yanked his skull toward me and took his little cable. And I screamed many, many obscenities, <laughs> threw it back at him, and he just sat there in angry silence. And then I got back, and I mean, the, my commander was in the other helicopter. He's like, oh, my God, are you sorry? I'm, are you hurt? I'm like, yes, I'm hurt. This freaking hurts. And they're like, well, go see the doctor. And then they're like, well, you know, you can go to this one place and get x-rays. 
And I'm like, well, I don't have time for that. I was so mad that I pretty much like denied medical care because mm. it wasn't terrible. And then it just like became this constant irritating pain forever that affected like when you stand up or when you sit down. When I like if I lay flat on my back, my legs fall asleep. <clears throat> so that's what originally. And when I got out of the army, I talked to the the VA doctor that I had, and they're like, well, you should get that checked out. I'm like, yeah, sure. The army told me I couldn't go to see a chiropractor. That wasn't a thing. And so they allowed me to go do it. And that's when I started going to the chiropractor. And that guy took the x-rays, found the piece that was broke, and came up with the plan to straighten all the rest of it out. And I went, like, every day for probably two months. And it, it stopped. Every once in a while, it'll start to kind of flare up. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I started going to CrossFit, they're like, do you have any, like, injuries or anything that we need to be aware of? I'm like, no, I don't think so. Like, I mean, I broke my back, but it doesn't bother me on the day-to-day. And I'm, I imagine there's going to be something that we do yeah. that's going to irritate it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of okay now. Hmm. And it wouldn't have been okay now if I didn't. I had the same skepticism you did. And Tiffany had to talk me into it, as she so lovingly does. Uh, it, it paid off for me. Hmm. I, I went through the skepticism. Yeah. Yeah, I figured, like, I didn't really have a good reason to have the opinion that I had. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't justify it. Um, and I'm sure that that's stuff that they've had to face before. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not surgeons. I mean, there's, like, a hierarchy, I imagine, within the, the medical profession where certain people will, like, oh, you're a podiatrist? Like, oh, you work on his toes? You don't do ER medicine or, like, neonatal brainstem surgery? <laughs> And so I imagine on that weird hierarchy of, like, skill sets. Chiropractors. Yeah. Pretty far down there, probably, yeah. It's not to say it's not effective. No. Because it, no. it worked, but, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how it works out. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm in pretty good health, I think. Uh, but with my, my neck has been hurting for a long time, just when I, like, put my head back all the way and then I go to lift it up. And it's like, I got to work to get it back up. And then I'm good. Once it's up, I'm fine. Hmm. And, you know, I thought it was like I slept on it weird for a few nights. But then it just never stopped hurting. Hmm. And then I just got used to it. But then the other day, I was sitting down at dinner, and my back was just like, just like couldn't get comfortable. And it just, it doesn't hurt bad. It just aches. And then I'm like, man, I'm not that old. Yep. Like, I shouldn't be at the point where I'm starting to like, well, I guess I have to accept this. I'm not that old yet. That's what that's what got me at the chiropractor. He went, you're too young to just be in pain all the time. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that was kind of, I don't have a good reason not to go try it out, and I don't want to hurt all the time. So, Well, I'm scared of this chiropractor for the exact same reasons you are. The one I had <laughs> had little air guns and stuff, and it was very gentle. And this guy is like, I feel like he's killing me. He's like, hey, look over there. <laughs> yeah. And he's the one I went to to try to help me with my jaw. And he literally just, like, crushed my head in on his chest. Like, Mm -hmm. it was a watermelon that needed to be crushed in some type of, like, carnival game. It was so scary. I Even now, when I hurt my back, my wife's like, just go to the chiropractor. I'm like, "Eh." She likes that kind of feeling of, like, immediate, I guess, not even relief. Because you don't get relief immediately, but just... I guess the semi-permanence that, like, something just happened to me. There was a change. It's a change, yeah. Uh, that scares me, and I tense up, and I think I'm going to die. I wasn't worried about dying. I mean, I kind of went into it with the, like, I know this is going to feel worse than it actually is. It's going to feel like something is broken or breaking, and that's not the case. So I tried really hard to, um, to like, keep, you know, you'd mentioned before, like, keep yourself loose when he's going to do stuff to you. Don't try to, like, fight against it. So I tried that, and it's it's hard. That dude fights me back, and he's way bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it's like if you were in a fight and it would have taken one punch to knock somebody out. And then he's like, yeah, just give you a couple hey, more punches. Yeah. And that's how I feel. Hey, let's make and sure you're and down. And he tells you like, don't tense up. I'm like, yeah. okay." And he's like, crack. And then, and then he crack, crack, crack. He's <laughs> like, gives me the what for. Yeah. I, he did one thing and I was like, I kind of made a sound. He was like, yeah, you okay? And I said, yeah, no. I'm just, it's just surprising if you're not, ready for it, all of that noise. And he was like, yeah, one of the guys I was working on, um, he was like, I don't let people work on my neck. And, he's, and the doctor was like, well, that's kind of what I do, so you need yeah. to let me. And he was like, well, uh, I'm in the Israeli military, and anytime I work on necks, 
it's somebody dying. <laughs> and he's telling me this while he's about to like, okay, now turn your head. Feel good now? I'm like, oh, at least you're not killing me, I guess. But yeah, it was a little, little weird, but it was fine. So let me go back a couple more times and see if he can get my back straightened out. That would be cool. Uh, we got anything else? We're like a minute, and I mean an hour. We're like a minute into the show. Should we start recording this? We're like an hour <laughs> six. Anthony fell asleep on a table. <laughs> you got anything else? No, I think I'm good. Cool. Uh, check us out on Patreon. Um, if you want to help out the show, Patreon is one of the best ways to do that. Go to patreon.com slash I like to make stuff. Join us over there. Hop on the Discord. Have some conversation with us. Give us some topic ideas or um, if you have... What's that thing we do here on the show most Build of the time? No, there's a word for the thing that we do where we... Pros and cons. If you want to give us some pros and cons, that would be cool. Uh, do that on Discord. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.